3: Uh, uh. Check it out, Wednesday man. morning January 17th 2024 it's the Beating the Book podcast divisional round Megapod Gil Alexander uh, not a great wild card week for me but we do have a, a guest on who had a spectacular wild card weekend we will get to him momentarily the streets are a buzzing with his appearance that's what he told me the other day uh, first the staples of the show from his mom's cork attic in Pittsburgh PA Todd Wishnev, everybody. How you doing, Toddy?
4: I'm doing terrible, Gilly. Last week last week when I saw you, I was coming off a thirteen and four college basketball night, up forty seven units on the year, and now I've just donked away about twenty one units in the last week on just bad beat after bad beat. So I'm in a real bad mood today. Oh, that's fun. That explains uh yeah. Yeah.
3: We were just talking off air about how uh I had to bet my numbers in tennis. I was talking about this on a numbers game this morning. Had seven dogs over the last two nights that actually ended up getting home that, I, that my numbers told me I should have bet on. I didn't bet on any of them. Not on one of them. Um, by the way, uh, this, is, this also will uh, not be uh, relevant to this podcast for people listening, but this Warriors news is pretty amazing. This assistant coach had some kind of cardiac arrest. I don't know if that's the correct term. Some sort of medical event. Let's put it that way. Warriors Jazz postponed tonight. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, uh, Will Hill is our other staple. He comes to us from uh, parts unknown. Where are you in Connecticut, Will? Is that where you live? New York? Where do you live?
5: For God's sakes! I am in Connecticut. You know, it's funny. We were—I was on a numbers game earlier, and between breaks, I, we were doing the the Tony Romo voice. And after the the spot, my wife goes, "What was going on in there? What were you yelling about?" <laughs>
3: Happy to be out with you, Jim. (laughs) I think that's an interception, Jim. Uh, No, I think it hit the ground, Tony. I thought it was an interception, Jim. uh, We were talking about Tony Romo as a broadcaster, has gone from this sensation to just absolute suckitude over the course of his uh, color career. It's fascinating how that's happened. But you have the best theory of all, Will, which is he's just farther away from the game now where he can't anticipate what is going to happen on a play-by-play basis. I think that's true.
5: Yeah, when he first started broadcasting, he was pretty fresh from the field. It wasn't that long ago that he played. I think he went right from playing to broadcasting. There was no, like, year off. And he knew all these teams' tendencies, these patterns, and he was able to call out the plays and just point out things that other broadcasters weren't aware of. And then he got a huge contract. So I don't know if the the money just made him a little more, I don't know, lackadaisical in his prep or just the time away. But he is certainly not this just elite, clear, far and away best broadcaster that he was when he first started.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, he sure likes to say Jim, though, doesn't he? And uh, our guests on the show. We always like to uh, take our uh, our favorite regular season guests. No knock on anybody else. But uh, put them on the uh, in the playoffs. And this guy always has a, uh, a spot in the playoff rotation, as he does in all the tennis pods. Drew Dinsick, everybody. Whale underscore capper. Deep dive podcast, which he does with his buddy Andy Molitor. Dinsick classic, as I like to call it. And then, of course,
6: NBC Sports bet the edge. The new Dinsick. The formula appears to be working. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing well, thank you as always. Uh, always appreciate the invite. Uh, great to see you guys. Appreciate you having me on. And um yeah, uh, 7 games left, guys. 7 very games the, left. Very close to the finish line. Uh and basically every combination of AFC NFC and uh, and Super Bowl at this point has some interest. So, we are uh we are blessed.
3: Let me just say I, I introduced you by saying you had a great weekend. You did. Uh you came into the weekend at least on the sides i remember you said all of the dogs except for miami so by that that means you went five and one i believe if my if my count is correct yes five and one
6: yeah i had uh, five and one and then i, I had some exotics uh particular i had I, I dog round robin money line plus kc and uh, uh if the rams managed to to kick a field goal, uh, to win that 26, 24, or if they score a touchdown on that drive where they were just moving the ball with impunity, uh, and pull out a win against the, uh, um, the lions, it would have been a a banner day. Obviously the Steelers never had a chance once they uh, moved the game, but, um, yeah, it was a great wild card weekend. And ultimately, um, uh, I am not like feeling like there are massive edges for this divisional round, but there are definitely, uh, I played all four sides. <laughs> oh, you
3: did. <laughs> so, okay, oh, good. We'll <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get to that. You're right about Pittsburgh. We had that very strange circumstance where the uh, the Bills Steelers game obviously got postponed. We learned about that Saturday morning that it would go from Sunday morning and the Lake Effect Blizzard to Monday. And so those of us who had Pittsburgh plus 10, I know you had some sprinkle on the money line too, Drew, where it was like, well, if you're at a book where you're still stuck with this bet, you are stuck with the bet, and so it uh, wasn't really part of the original handicap. Um, so that was unfortunate. almost got there still though. It was a, uh, a Mason Rudolph pick at the goal line then a, you know before that a turnover by Pickens that set up the bills with a one play touchdown after that so you know it could have gone differently for sure. I want to just ask you because you brought up the Rams thing at the end before we get into this week. That th- so the Rams and the uh, the Rams and the Lions the Lions are winning by one point. Was the eventual final score 24-23, and uh, it's third and f- it, excuse me, it's there's a penalty as the Rams are matriculating. They have one timeout left at this point because McVeigh and company, of course, wasted two, so they only have one timeout left. Uh, and there's a penalty on the on the Rams, and Dan Campbell has a choice. He either declines the penalty and gives them a fourth and four, where Brett Maher would have to attempt roughly a 52-yard field goal, or he takes the penalty and he puts him in the third and 14 out of field goal range and plays it from there. He opted to take the penalty. It worked out because then Stafford to Nakua. Nakua probably got held, probably got interfered with, probably was a late hit. None of them were called. And then Sean McVay stupidly, with one timeout left, punts it. They never see the ball again, which you don't do with one timeout left. Maybe you do it with three, but you don't do it with one. Um, Would you have done what Dan Campbell did in that moment? Would you have declined that penalty? Drew, do you remember what your feelings were at that
6: moment? I, I no, I would have accepted the penalty. Me too. Um, oh, yeah, you, no, oh, you would have, not, have. I would have. No, declined I would have accepted it because, yeah. like, like I, I, mean, yeah, you're, 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 te- you're, you're, you're teasing um, McVeigh to. Um, you're teasing mcveigh to, to trot Brett Maher out there for what would all, all would have been a comically poor attempt I, I assume <laughs> but yes. but, uh, but at the same time like if mcVeigh re- you know is is rationally in in his head which he wasn't for a lot of that game uh, if he was thinking rationally he goes for it on fourth and four and I, if I'm Dan Campbell I'm not feeling super about my defensive chances of stopping him. Uh, because the worst case for Dan Campbell is that they convert fourth and four, uh, and then they drive and wipe out the last four minutes of the game and kick a field goal, yeah. which was very, very, very live. I thought with the way that that uh, you know Detroit defense was leaking. Um, the funkier uh, aspect that I, I had, in, and uh, this was somebody on Twitter who pointed this out. I wish I could give credit, but um, the mo- the optimal strategy for McVeigh yes. on fourth and fourteen. <laughs> yeah, I was going was there. not punting. It was kneeling at the nine and a half and zone nine and a half. Have your uh, have your your you know take the snap, take it back to your own nine and a half, and take a knee because that way, worst case scenario, you give up a touchdown and you're down eight. Best case scenario, they have to kick a field goal at some point. You're down four. You get the ball back with like three minutes left. Yes, like there's there's a there's definitely um, you know the, the 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 he he made the kind of the only choice where. He was never going to see the ball again, which I hate when that happens. That's like, that's what, the uh, what, did. That's what uh, M- Matt Lafleur did in the NFC championship game a couple years ago against the, uh, uh, the bucks when they were down eight. And instead of going with Rodgers uh, on fourth and fourth and whatever it was fourth and goal, um, they kicked the field goal to, to make an eight point game, a five point game. And then it was like, okay, you made the one decision where you're not, you, you, you know, there's a realistic chance you're never seeing the ball again. And like, I, I don't know why coaches do that.
3: You, you, I'm glad you're here because you have you have corrected me on two of my instincts because you're right. I would have, uh, the original situation, I would have declined the penalty assuming that McVeigh would have trotted Maher out there to kick, as you say, what I think would have been a comically, a comical attempt. But you're right. He might have snapped into it and been like, oh, I'm going to go for it, fourth and four. So I was wrong about that. You're right. Because he could have done that. And the other part is that was the optimal strategy because I was thinking after they had already given the ball up, after they failed to convert, that then they would just go, hey, score from 60-some yards out. But obviously that's that's much more of a variable than actually taking it back yourself to the nine and a half and forcing some kind of outcome where there would still be time left on the clock.
4: Um, yeah. Yeah, but then you'd be forced to get a touchdown rather than a field goal also. Right. If you got stopped. If you like, so let's say, yeah, fourth and 14, you go for it, you don't make it. Now they have the ball around midfield and you get a stop. Now they punt you down to your own 10. You've got to get into field goal range to win the game. Whereas the other case of taking it at your own nine and a half, you're going to be down at least four, possibly eight, and you're going to need a touchdown with theoretically more time. Oh. So, you know, half a dozen to one six of that. I don't think it's so clear that that's the best, but
5: they were getting the fresh set of downs. What's that? You're, you are getting the fresh set of downs. I, I do like Drew's strategy. Yeah, I do too. And I like Drew's strategy if, for nothing else to hear, to to witness the announcers trying to figure out what was going on <laughs> and explain it. And, and all the, in uh, all the block, uh, implications, imagine you got a running back and you're cashing your ticket and the, the running back just takes it, you know, minus 70 yards. What the hell
3: just happened? What the hell just happened? That's right. By the way, have, okay, I'm sorry. I lied. One more thing. Have you, do you feel like, and I, now all the games are blurring together, so I can't remember each instance where this occurred to me this weekend, but this is like you would think after all this time, because this is all the shit we talk about every day, either on podcast or radio. All these little optimal strategies that these coaches can do and all the little nuances. And I feel like these mainstream announcers, none of them
4: ever get it in the moment. None of them. I can't
3: think of anybody well, who they, does.
4: You watch one game a week, Gilly. They watch, they watch one game one a week. Game. Yeah. They that, watch one game. They play week. You Madden have to watch the whole season. Go ahead, Will.
3: They didn't play Madden as kids. They didn't play Madden
4: either. That's right.
3: Yeah, but I didn't play Madden that much as you kids did either. Yes. But I'm just they saying. They
4: just don't watch enough games. They don't watch, they don't enough, watch games. enough games.
3: They don't see enough scenarios. That's, that's all it is. Well, that applies to your coach's thing not getting like time management stuff, too. They just watch their X's and O's every week, and they don't watch enough football games. Yeah, and and you're never going to get Everybody knocks Campbell, and look, he's all over the
5: map. Campbell's aggressiveness won him that game. Fourth and goal from the two. He went for it, got a touchdown. That's seven instead of three in a one point game. And at the end of the game, when the Rams had only one timeout at the two minute warning, a lot of teams will just run it twice, hope to get a first down, milk all the clock. He came out second down, boom, threw it, game over. His aggressiveness really won in the game, and, and McVay at the end of the first half was very conservative. I know they didn't have good field position, but, man, he just got his one first down and just put his tail between his legs and took it to the half where they had the double dip there. They had the middle eight, and they were moving the ball well. Uh, he, he Look, you could say it was the right move to, to just take it into the half, but he was very
4: conservative. I watched that he whole— also Go ahead, Chuck. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say he also knew he has Brett Maher as his kicker. So if he's driving yeah. with full fifty seconds left from his own ten yard line, even if he gets into long field goal range, you know, it might be not even worth the risk because of the kicker.
3: I, I feel like my whole stance on McVay all year was so corroborated by that game though, where I was like, I've been ranting about this dude all year and finally everybody gets to see how poor of a play caller is he is inside the red zone how like going to cup incessantly was never an optimal strategy this year. I just feel, I feel vindicated. God damn it. Just want to point that out.
4: All right. Should I give you the record from last week, Gilly? Not really. I don't really want you to do that, but go ahead. Okay. I'll give it to you. No problem. <laughs> no. Um, so Gilly with Philly and Pittsburgh, we'll give him a pass on the Pittsburgh, but Oh, and two there. And you all, everybody, by the way, lost their teasers, except for the teaser wizard myself. Everybody had Dallas, If you remember correctly, uh, biggest day
2: where
4: you had the bills, so I was able to win easier. Willie went one and one with the Chiefs in Pittsburgh. I went two and zero with the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, and the Rams. And our guest Eric Eager also went two and zero with under 44 Kansas City and plus three and Rams, but everybody went zero and one on teasers, and I went one and zero. So, All
3: right, listen, I'm exhausted Rams. from my great regular season. I don't have enough time for this playoff anymore. I got, I got tennis to handicap.
6: I can't keep going. Gil, Gil- Alexander, yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. Oh,
3: yeah. of, I was just going to say, I am, I am the Dallas Cowboys of prognosticators. That's it. I'm out of, I'm out of juice. Can't do it anymore. All right, uh, Todd. Was there anything in game from last week you wanted to point out?
4: Nothing. I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff uh, that was craziness. Uh, the I guess the the one thing thing that I was most uh, disappointed about was the Houston. I, I the Houston game was very high scoring in the first half against Cleveland. Uh, I came out with nine and a half in the third quarter in Houston, Cleveland, because I felt like okay, uh, I believe uh, if I remember correctly. Uh, Houston Houston was going to get the ball first. I can't remember. It was a perfect setup for the under. Anyways, it was going way under, if you if you guys were watching. This. And then Joe Flacco throws a pick six, 82-yard pick six. And then I'm still not dead yet because there's, there's five and a half minutes left. They still might not get a field goal to beat me on my third quarter under. But then he throws another pick six on the next drive. I'm not sure I've seen two pick sixes in succession like that and drive after drive. And I've watched a lot of NFL football. I'm sure it's happened, but it, it doesn't happen very often. It's hard to lose under nine and a half in the third quarter with no offensive points. But I found a way. That was the only game I got right all weekend. It wasn't one of my two
3: megapot picks. That was the only thing I got right. I just figured Flacco had a stinker in him and he did have a stinker moment
4: or two. Sure did. He yeah. sure did. And and Chris Felica said we should bet the uh, interception, which I did, that he would throw an interception, you throw an interception every single game, and he did in fact throw an interception or two. That's for sure. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, let's start. So we still do the two best bets on division week. Is that how the uh, the uh, Megapod I, Constitution I, I, puts it? I, I, I think we could still do them because we got four games. All right.
3: So this is the last week of that. That's what the uh, the bylaws say. I believe uh, yeah. I believe the founding fathers uh, did that 1787.
4: Yeah.
2: Hey, guys. This is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball. We do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally. But Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, Creighton. You do watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton.
3: All right, so Drew, who comes off a week where he was spectacular, where he said all the underdogs except for the Dolphins, that worked out beautifully for him, to the tune of five and one. Um, obviously, he doesn't, and it gets a pass on the Pittsburgh loss too. So it was really pretty much
6: perfection for you on that. Um, what do you like best this week, sir? <laughs> So first of all, I know an attempt to jinx what I hear went Gil. Enough of this. (laughs) Enough of this. It's a it's a new week. We're on to divisional (laughs) rounds. What happened last week is inconsequential. Um, no, the uh the I'm I'm obviously kidding. The um the the matchups this week are all great. Uh, I think you can prey on a number of uh, kind of factors with uh, a bunch of these. Um, my favorite play of the week, though, is the Detroit Lions laying these six and a half, which Ooh. is current like this is uh, this market is in flux. I see Circa's already out to seven. I agree with that. I think this is going to seven. Um, and I think the matchup advantages for the Lions here are almost too enumerate uh, to list out loud. So innumerate. I'll just pick a couple of my favorite. Very nice. Nice. Um, For all of the reasons that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was successful against the Philadelphia Eagles, um, they were somewhat predictable actually, right? Hey, if you blitz Jalen Hurts, he's going to struggle. You know what Todd Bowles likes to do? He likes to blitz. Uh, If you you look at what the Lions do in terms of, number one, countering the blitz, and number two, the fact that they have faced teams that are aggressive blitzing teams recently, I think that lends to potential success here for the Lions offense. Um, They faced, Brian Flores twice in the final three weeks of the season, both uh, in both cases, uh, you know, over 50% blitz rate, uh, expecting that that is kind of because, you know, Todd Bowles does some things very, very well. He is a fastball pitcher when it comes to defensive scheme. I would be very surprised if he has uh, any off speed, you know, for this particular matchup. Uh, And uh, yes, if you're blitzing Jared Goff and the, uh, you know, the Lions have, uh, outstanding blitz pickup packages, uh, and just in general, you know, you're you relying on your secondary to win 1v1 against Amonra, St. Brown, uh, Reynolds, Williams, and Laporta, best of luck to you. Uh, I think the Lions' attack is is balanced enough that with a lead, uh, they're going to be able to matriculate uh, at eat clock in the second half here. Uh, and just in general, I, I see uh, a game state where um, Lions have a multiple score lead at home in the second half. Uh, and then all of a sudden, this is on Baker Mayfield's arm to do something special. Uh, and I think that could link to turnover possibilities for the Buccaneers offense against the Lions defense. Uh, I will note that the Buccaneers pass protection this season has been outstanding. That is largely what I think has afforded um, Baker Mayfield his kind of emergence this season as a or, you know, renewed emergence as a you know an, a, a go-to starter in the NFL um but uh there are cracks showing surely uh they did have issues on third down pass protection against the uh the eagles uh and i think the uh, lions pass rush at full strength right now with alan mcneil back and hutchinson playing at an all pro level i think is going to be enough for uh the lions to get the key stops they need to get a cover home so uh land the chalk with the linos uh and uh honestly i'm probably going to get involved in some of the alt spreads there as well as i think this sets up well for the lions to um, to really flex a little bit uh, in what uh, could you know, likely their last home game of this playoff run. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm maybe looking a little bit ahead into the future here, but I'm kind of salivating at the idea that the lions like, Really, really flex hard in this game, and people yes. kind of buy in all yes. in. Yes, yes, uh, and then go to like San Francisco as a little bit overvalued dog uh, because you know for all of the reasons I don't like Tampa Bay's offense against the Lions' defense, uh, the Shanahan offense is going to immolate those guys. So um, ultimately, uh, uh, think the Lions, you know, have a have a, a, a just an outstanding performance on deck this week, and I laid the points with the uh, the boys from Detroit. I want to
3: I want to step in because it is the only bet I have. In my account same thing and I have it at six at, <laughs> I have it at six at bookmaker but uh, it is six and a half consensus all um, the only thing I'll add I don't think you brought up their their head-to-head this year for those who care about head-to-heads uh, these two teams met in week six Detroit won it at Tampa Bay by 14 20 to 6 380 to 251 total yards that day Jared Goff more notably passed for 353 that day against the Bucs. So read into that what you will as well.
4: Just also add the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers had zero, pretty much zero drives the whole game. I I'm, I'm, I remember the game very um, much. I have it up here. The, the The Tampa Bay drives were five plays and out interception, five plays and out, six plays and out field goal, nine plays, 43 yards That's their one drive in the first half, another punt, four plays and out. So basically did absolutely nothing in the first half. Then the second half, they had six plays for 40 yards for a field goal, their second field goal, and then they had four plays and out, three plays and out, and then a garbage time 13 plays, 69 yard drive. So it's not even as good as what you're saying, Gilly. They were yeah. horrendous yeah. on offense, and they weren't even in. They were really not even in that game. So I, you know, just I, I agree with you guys a lot on this one. I'm I'm not going to play the exact same thing, but I'm going to play something similar off of that. Uh, Todd Bowles but are you done Yeah, hold on, I just are want you to done add,
3: saying your thing yeah yeah I just wanted to add Todd Bowles uh, you know, famously of course 1987 Super Bowl champion with Washington Redskins uh, he was just asked by a reporter did you see this how uh, the Bucks would acclimate to the weather in Detroit did you see that oh god yeah. <laughs> he got that question he was super sweet it's a fair
6: question I mean the walk from the bus to the stadium is going to be freezing
3: <laughs> it's going to be freezing out there for sure uh, all right, the Twitter Todd. comments were good, too. Somebody's like, what if the roof blows off? And I, I mean, <laughs> the comments are just as good. Comments are the best.
4: People are funny. Todd, what you got? I'm going to go under 48 and a half in that same Lions game. Um, I think that um, the Lions are just much better than, first of all, Tampa Bay really stinks, okay? If anybody who's playing the Eagles should have scored five touchdowns um, like in no time. Did you, if you remember the Arizona game where they went up and down the field on them, Tampa Bay was moving the ball on them, but they would get stuck in the, in the red zone and kick field goals for a number of those drives. It cost me my team total in the first half over. I thought Tampa Bay should have been ahead. You know, they should have four or five touchdowns against that horrible Eagles defense. It, I don't, I was not impressed with Tampa Bay's offense because I really think the Eagles defense is that bad. And the only reason they got to where they got is because the Eagles defense was that bad. The Lions. They're not great on defense, but I don't see them being this ridiculously bad defense that the Eagles is. So I think that the the um, the the line the Buccaneers are going to have a hard time moving the ball, just like they did in the first game. I just read you the drives. I just don't see them, um, you know, doing a lot on offense. And then Todd Bowles is pretty good on defense. I think he'll cook something up to maybe slow the Lions down a little bit. Um, you know, Goff did have that big first game, but they did only score 20 points. So yeah. Um, you know, it wouldn't shock me if this was another grinder game, you know, and the Lions are, you know, down 2710, uh, tw- they're up 2710 late and you know you got to get to 48 and a half. I just don't, I just don't see it. So a uh, 48 and a half in an NFL game nowadays with these ridiculously under type thing, it's a lot. I'll take under 48 and a half.
3: I got a trivia question for you boys. Which of the remaining eight place kickers in these playoffs has the best field goal percentage? This year, the best field goal percentage from fifty plus, and the best extra point percentage. It's all the same field goal kicker, Any and I guess it's
4: not just a Tucker, obviously, right? No, probably f- Chase McLaughlin.
3: Chase McLaughlin, the best of all. Of them. Really? Chase more McLaughlin,
6: than uh, Better than Butker?
3: Better than Butker. So Chase McLaughlin is twenty nine of oh no, pardon me. In the you are right, Drew. Chase McLaughlin was the best of the NFC, twenty nine of thirty one. Harrison Butker was thirty three of thirty five. Uh, I should have said the NFC. Chase McLaughlin seven of eight from fifty plus, Harrison Butker five of five from fifty plus, and both of them perfect from uh P A T perfect on P A T. So it's the NFC is the answer is Chase McLaughlin and, and Harrison Butker is the answer in the AFC. Uh, excuse me, not on field goals in the AFC. Kymie Fairbairn actually had the best percentage on field goals of the remaining AFC kickers 27, twenty uh, seven of twenty eight tw- of twenty eight. Who is here's the big question on these. Who has the worst percentage, 50-plus, of the eight remaining kickers?
6: I'm guessing it's Detroit if you're going there, right? Justin
3: Tucker, one of five what? from 50-plus this year. Yeah, he wasn't
5: as good this year. He got one or two of them blocked, but he, he wasn't as automatic this year. I feel like
3: that's a stat, like the most glaring stat that nobody knows this year. One of five from 50-plus for the great Justin Tucker. He missed a couple in that
4: Indy game early, if I remember
6: correctly.
3: It's such an amazing stat that you almost have to double check that I'm not lying.
6: I'll tell you what, the one thing that matters in this game, at least for field goals, is like the Lions just don't kick field goals. They just don't kick them. That's right. Yeah. If they have, you know, they set themselves up. They're aggressive on fourth down. They're not kicking a ton of field goals. Riley Patterson only had three attempts inside the 29 this year. Uh, Only 10, uh, only 10 attempts between 30 and 39. Um, so they're just not even really trying, which is uh, uh, which is kind of noteworthy. I will add to Todd's uh, under and just in general, Tampa Bay offensive skepticism. Um, I, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm still doing the, the, the film breakdown from uh, from Bucks Eagles. I'm up to like seven drops uh, that the Buccaneers could not uh, hold on to the ball. That's game right. game for their life. Uh, And they're not like a high drop team over the balance of the season. But if you're dropping
1: the ball at home, like, I mean, what are we doing? Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City
0: Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John
2: Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It
0: wasn't even supposed to be my That's my, my game! Bro.
3: <laughs> I'll say this on the Megapod, because we said it on the radio side, and I'm already sick of talking about it, but it has to be brought up on the podcast, which is, are we going to find out, like... Somebody on the Eagles slept with another Eagles wife or something. Because because <laughs> none of the football explanations and I've heard them all. Right, old on D, um, you know, offensive coordinator, head coach, quarterback dysfunction. All of that can be true. Drew, I thought you had the best, the best explanation, which is you have to go back to net to last year. Because I, I certainly have said. The ten and one shouldn't have been ten and one, right? They could have been seven and four just as easily. But even then, they were like a good seven and four, even if they had lost to Dallas the first time in Buffalo in one of the Washington games, let's say. But you're right. Like last year, could you remind? Like I thought that point you made. We forgot that last year, as good as they were. What was yes, it that the, they the, were over? Yeah, yeah the, go ahead. The
6: defense. The defense was just broadly overrated by the end of last season because they played no quarterbacks of of note, none, uh, all year in the regular season, and then Daniel Jones, and then some mishmash of San Francisco quarterbacks in the MC Championship game. Uh, Mahomes hung, you know, Mahomes was indefensible by them in the uh, uh, in the Super Bowl, um, and you know, so so just in general, like the market was way higher on that defense than was warranted, I think, um, and. <clears throat> then you kind of mix into the fact that they scored, they were they were the most efficient offense in first halves last year by margin, <laughs> particularly in the second quarter. That's the point, um, yes. And so they had massive second half leads in all of these games. And like when you have that, you know, when you put your opponent in a must pass situation and you have wave after wave of pass rusher, you're going to set the record for team sacks. You're going to look better than you actually are. Um, and I think all that kind of really shaded perception on all the, the Eagles last year. And then, Uh, you know, compound that with the fact that they let their linebackers walk out the door and they re-signed their old uh, secondary players. And, you know, cornerback play is not, it's not sticky. Right. When you're good the next year, you're, you're absolute trash. Right. And I think, uh, you know, the Eagles, you know, secondary players proved that in a lot of ways. And, you know, the the um, injuries didn't help anything for this season. But uh, I also think, you know, for the offensive side, the explanation is pretty straightforward as well, which was Jalen Hurts has some, had some sort of more meaningful knee injury than we ever knew. Um, and because of that, they only ran him out of shotgun. It made their offense very predictable. Um, and uh, just, in you know, it, 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 it put them in a little bit of a box in terms of what adjustments they could even make. And I think a lot of the defenses had them figured out.
3: I I, I also think, like, this is just me riffing. It. He doesn't feel like he's that inspiring of a quarterback to me. Like if I was his teammate, I also feel that way. But I, I, I think that point about how they were ahead in all those games last year is one of those is one of those points that our brains don't lock into, and we tend to purge it, right in the in the macro. And I think it's such a great point about them. Now, I still think somebody's probably slept with somebody else's wife because it's <laughs> a little too big of a drop-off. But, but I think that's a point that gets lost in the discussion that is such a good one. And uh, they were kind of, yeah, it, I don't know if that makes you fraudulent. It just makes you a, a product of the circumstance in a way that we didn't retain necessarily. Okay.
6: Um, there's I mean, it's- plenty of there's plenty of quarterbacks and quarterback constitution and how you kind of run that locker room obviously matters. Look no further than CJ Stroud as like sort of your quintessential example from this year. Like if you you know yeah, it's entirely possible. And I've heard people whispering about this, not really whispering, but just sort of outright saying it, who cover the Eagles that you know Hertz has a constitution and a disposition in the locker room that like it comes across well when you're winning and it really does kind of poison things when you're losing. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I, the fact that, you know, there wasn't a lot of, the fact that hurts doesn't really run into the defense of Sirianni and vice versa and the skill position players and hurts. And, you know, the, the fact that the, the team kind of came apart at the seams, I think is, is a bit telling, but um, you know, when you lose whatever, what six out of seven games or whatever it was yep. at the, end of the season, six that's, or seven. Know, that, that's, that tends to happen.
3: That's, that's an underrated football point too. I I said that to uh to Deborah Song fashion stylist when we were watching the the dolphins she likes to watch the hard knocks thing remotely we're watching the dolphins thing and she loves mike mcdaniel and i said to her i was like this he's oh, one of the, he's one of those personalities that if you're winning he's the coolest quirkiest most interesting guy in the world as soon as you start losing you're like this fucking nerd
6: kind of thing <laughs> you know it's just it, it's horrible hey. that we think that way I, I saw all of five minutes of Hard Knocks in season, and I had the exact takeaway. Oh, that's so interesting. That's so yeah. interesting. Like, Funny, I texted hey, you after they lost yeah. Saturday night, Gil. You know, the
5: same thing, where I was like, "Man, that this rah rah op, this constant optimism and being players' coach, like it looks good when you're winning, but you know, there's a reason most of these great coaches are they're a little bit, you know, they're, they're kind of pretty And those pants. You go, Jim Calhoun, well, can we Parcells, talk about
4: Sabin, Belichick. Yeah. What's that? What's Let- that, Toddy? The pants that he's wearing are not head coach worthy. He's wearing those <laughs> pants that are like they're like you know they're too short and they like they're like see it doesn't when he just the pants are a pro, that's a problem. You you give up. There's
3: three a line in the,
5: the Don doesn't wear shorts. There's a lot.
3: That's, the oh, Don don't doesn't know. wear shorts. Yeah, but you're it's right. Will you're right. Doesn't. Will that that that's um I used there was I used to know a guy. I went to high school with a guy who ended up on uh, on Men, in Menlo Park. He was a VC in Silicon Valley, and he would, you know, they'd dole out tens of millions of dollars to all these entrepreneurs. And I remember him distinctly telling me one time, I go, Gil, we, we couldn't be these guys. And I go, what are you talking about, right? Because you're all thinking, oh, I could be this guy. Big deal. We were like in our 20s or th- early 30s at the time. He goes, they all have one common characteristic. They're all pricks. <laughs> and I thought that was like a really valuable thing. Yeah. And you're saying that about the head coaches, uh, Will, which I think is similar not that
6: mcdaniel had uh yeah. mcdaniel had a clip go viral after the uh tight after they blew that loss the blew the uh, win against the titans on my football he like had a it was it's on me blah blah, blah. he had a viral clip yeah and i like saw it and i was like all right that's cool <laughs> but like you, you do that and, like the problem is like two weeks later when you get your brain smashed in yes, by the ravens like, were... yeah what do you say what do you say now right like now what <laughs> right like you lost them that's right It's very true.
4: He looks like a coach for a soft team. He looks like a coach for like a talented soft. Like he looks exactly like the coach should be for the Dolphins. Like when everything's going well and it's beautiful out and they can throw it over the middle and two is no one's hurting Tua and And Tyree Gill's running for a million. Oh, look at the genius. He figured it out he doesn't look like a guy you want when it's uh, 10 degrees below zero and you got to run the football. And, you know, I just, uh, I, I, by the way, I hate that our brains work that way, but they just do, you know, I'd rather have Dan Campbell going, look, we're a football team and here's what we're going to do. We're going to line up and we're going to push you mother effers (laughs) off the, the football because we're about toughness. Have you ever heard about toughness in the national football league? That's what we do. That's who we are. If you can't gain a yard, get the hell out of the locker room. Did get you, out of our building and get out of our receiver room. Get out of our offensive line room. Why is everything a room? That drives me crazy. <laughs> oh, we got the best wide receiver room in the country.
3: It's a room, Todd. It's a room. Did you hear his interview on, on when they come back of the second half? I can't remember who the sideline reporter that was doing it. And he's like, we didn't get them to punt in the first half. They gotta, we got to force a punt. They didn't punt at all. He's like really fixated on that. All right, Will, what's your second? Or first. Sorry. Yeah, Mel- Melissa Stark looked a little frightened in that. Situation. Melissa Stark, <laughs> that's right.
5: <laughs> yeah. I am going to go. What do we have? 45 and a
3: half for a total Chiefs Bills? He got 40.
4: Chiefs
3: is 45 and
4: a half, five. yes. I got some 45 and a half for it. What do you have? 45 Gilly? and a half, consensus. Okay.
5: I'm gonna go under. We've talked about this all year. The Chiefs are an under team. We, as much as we've talked about, it, I feel like I haven't betted enough. But there's this perception of the Chiefs in the Bills. I think people think of the 13 seconds game a couple years ago, and that sticks in their head. Where it's 42-36, and they're trading touchdowns, and it's high flying. That's not the Chiefs anymore. That's really not the Bills anymore, especially under Brady. They've run the ball a little bit more, uh, a, a lot more, I think. And they're not as explosive on offense. The Chiefs aren't as explosive. Kelsey looked completely washed, even with the week off. Last week, he looked slow. He was dropping balls. To me, this is more of a 23-20 type of game than, like, the typical 31-28 Bills Chiefs shootouts we're used to. I just think the perception doesn't match the reality with the Chiefs and the Bills. I think this numbers still a little inflated. and open. I think. 47, 46 and a half. So it's ticked down. I would expect it to maybe tick down a little bit more. I will go under Chiefs and Bills, under 45 and
3: a half. Did I hear you just blame Taylor Swift for the demise of the Kansas City Chiefs? Did I just hear that just now?
5: I don't think so. He's just older. He, I mean, he's th- look, he's, he's I think six months older than Gronk, and Gronk's been retired twice and re- retired for a little bit now. So he's just old. He looks old and slow. He, he's just not the same player. R- Rice looks like he's going to be a good receiver, but my goodness, that was impressive from Mahomes the other night because he's doing it without very much in terms of help. So to me, this is an under.
3: Whatever happened to Gronk's old teammate, Aaron Hernandez? He retired young too. I can't remember what happened to him. Wow. <laughs> I think he didn't get along well with the other team. Billy. Oh, that's right. By the way, great People docs. People forget how good he was, too. Oh, he I'm was so good, Hernandez. Great documentaries on that. Great documentaries.
4: Uh, okay, Let I will tell you one thing. He was a tough guy. He would get us off the yard. If we lined up and need a yard, we'll get Aaron Hernandez. He'll take out a gun and shoot the guy and get us the yard.
3: What a yard. He was a fucking psycho. God, blood yeah, he really was. All right. Um, I, I was on Detroit, so that was my first. My second is... The Baltimore Ravens, minus nine and a half. Ooh. I I love C.J. Stroud. Thought he was going to be the number one pick. Had bets accordingly, because I figured the Carolina Panthers, they're trading up. they got to be drafting Stroud. <laughs> Not so much. Um, I do feel vindicated by it. I think he's great, and I have Pukanuku offensive rookie of the year tickets that aren't going to get home because of C.J. Stroud, too. So I lose on both ends. Uh, I think he's great, but... We've seen this from the Ravens before. We saw it against the Seahawks. We saw it against the Lions. Um, When they had these home games where they just rolled their opponents in the first half of games. I think we're going to see that Saturday morning in the... Memorial Houston Texans Saturday time slot Buddhist man had the greatest joke on uh, Twitter will you were saying you wish you were smart enough to have had this joke too? He's like if the Super Bowl if the Texans get to the Super Bowl They're moving it to Saturday morning <laughs> for the Texans time slot uh, On Saturday window early window. I think the Ravens do that due to the Texans what they did to those teams I think they come out and just absolutely roll them here uh, a first half bet might actually be better quite frankly but that's how I see this going. I think the Houston Magic carpet ride ends here. Baltimore overwhelms them. And practice squad player Owen Wright is only three games away from a Super Bowl ring. I just want to point that out as well. That's my second pick. Will, we're snaking. What do you got? You gave two? Yeah, I gave Detroit earlier. I'm with Drew.
4: He had lines. Oh, Okay.
5: Uh, I'm going to make it three here with Detroit for a lot of the reasons you guys said, I just, I watched a lot of that game. That was right around. so it was week six. I think it was right around like when the baseball playoffs were starting or the end. Yeah. I think it was in the middle of the baseball playoffs. Tampa couldn't move the ball. They only got like 13 first downs. They were three of 12, I think on third down. And that was in Tampa. You're going to flip venues. Now that is going to be a crazy home crowd. It's Tampa on a short week. Detroit can stop the run. Detroit can get a pass rush. To me, the division round is where Cinderella goes to die. To to speak to your point about the Texans, I think the Bucks fall into that category. Look, I don't love laying the six and a half, but once you get past, you know, the the four, four and a half, that is a little bit of a dead number. You're under the key number of seven. Uh, Lions winning this game by seven or ten points wouldn't surprise me. Most of the time, the spread doesn't come into account here. So if you think they're going to win the game, you know what? The six and a half, I don't love laying it, but I will lay the six and a half here. There's not that much to choose from. Lions should win this game. I don't know. 27, 14, 27, 17, like that, something like that. Uh, Give me the Lions minus the points. The Lions headed to the final four. How about that? How about that? Lions. NFC Central rematch, by the way, for those of us old enough. The Bucs and the Lions, Bucks. these teams used to be in the same division.
3: The NFC Norse. Where Berman used to choke on his um, yes. on his breath saying that. The, uh, the NFC East didn't show up, by the way, speaking of divisions. What was I going to say? Oh, uh, Lions, Browns, Texans, Jaguars, the only four franchises that have not been to a Super Bowl. Obviously, Lions and Browns, uh, far older franchises than the Texans and Jaguars. And uh, um, shoot, now it went out of my head what I was about to say. Oh, you were the third person on the Lions. It was a great pick when it was two, but now that it's three, you know, it's jinxed, right? And no chance it wins. So we
6: blame. Um, we're due. We're, d- we're, we're due, due for the okay. reverse
4: jinx. Okay. Yeah. All right.
6: um, Dodd, what's your number two? It wasn't his top pick for what it's worth. That's true. Dodd.
4: I'm going with under 45 and a half, also in the Bills and Chiefs. Um... For much of the same reasons that Willie said. Somebody had on Twitter that the Chiefs are 16-1 and to the under in the second half of their games, which is just unbelievable. Wow. Um, but look, the Chiefs, Chiefs are not good on offense, okay? Let's just be honest. They beat Mike McDaniel's team Big deal. The guy doesn't even have regular pants, so <laughs> you know I, I, that doesn't really impress me too much. So, and, and I, you know, we watched them against the Raiders with Mahomes. Goes back to pass. He pats the ball about a thousand times. There's nobody to throw to. I'm not saying the Bills are that great on on defense. Clearly, they're not. They let Mason Rudolph move the ball on them. But I think they're good enough to to you know slow. Chiefs offense it's really not that good by the way Mahomes rushing yards might be a real nice uh, prop in this game because in the last couple of games we've seen a lot of this Mahomes having no one to throw to and just has to run and um, I I remember him taking off for a big run in the last game as well and that might be a nice prop but I, I just think this is going under I think Kansas City's defense is pretty good and the Bills offense you know, they didn't really just move up and down the field at will against Pittsburgh. First of all, one of the touchdowns was a 52-yard run by Josh Allen that could have clearly been tackled because he faked a slide or it looked looked like he was faking a slide. That was kind of a very lucky run. Then the other touchdown was Shakir was tackled at like the 19-yard line. Somehow he stayed on his feet and got in the end zone. It was, the, And the Bills got a free touchdown when they gave him the ball, when Pickens gave him the ball at the 10-yard line. I, and by the way, the Bills... We watched them beat the, the, the Chargers 21 18. We watched the Bills beat, you know, put in whatever team, you know. The Bills just aren't this juggernaut offense anymore, either, guys. So I, I, I like under 45 and a half against a good Chiefs defense. And as we said, the Chiefs offense is just not, is not that great. And you also left out Mason Rudolph throwing a pick at the goal line as well. Uh, I forgot that. Yeah. And by the way, it's also going to be still cold. It might not be like bitter, bitter cold, but it's still going to be freaking cold.
3: Yeah, Buffalo uh, weather for Sunday. I'm checking the Doppler right now. I think it was like 21 <laughs> in the high and 16 low. Uh, 23 degrees. Yeah, it's going to be balmy. Wind's... And it's going to be nighttime. It's going to be night. It might even be lower than that. Wind to 16 miles per hour. By the way, Baltimore wind expected at 17 miles per hour, but those are the worst. The worst of the forecast. Here's what I wanted to say, Uh, Will. You were bringing up the, you know, where Cinderella's go to die. Back in the early days of uh, podcasting, when I used to do uh, the betting dork uh, and beating the book in the early days. I believe it was 1947 when I first did my podcast.
1: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury
0: I used to
3: I used to throw that stat out all the time, that the uh, so it was like 83% of NFL games in the regular season the spread doesn't matter that is to say underdogs win outright or the uh, favorite wins and covers so only 17% of games favorite wins but doesn't cover which is actually not a negligible amount 17% Wild Card Week historically was the highest right it went to like 88 or 89% the old format of wild cards where it's like the spread didn't matter. I think division round ticks a little bit down from there, like 86%. I haven't looked at that in years, but I remember using that stat for, uh, you know, back in the old days when we were growing up, this was the round, right? Like the old Niners and Cowboys and Giants and Skins, pick your juggernaut. They would just destroy Bears. They would just destroy the opponent. Um, All right, Drew, I sense you're going to go oppo on me. What do you got?
6: No, number two, I'll do uh... – Kansas City, plus the points, plus two and a half, I guess. Okay. We pick spread, right? I I mean, I I personally like Moneyline better, but I'll take the two and a half points. I think this is a coin flip game. Uh, I think the strongest and healthiest unit in this game is the Kansas City Chiefs defense. Uh, I think the uh, fact that the Buffalo Bills defense largely carried them to this playoff run um and now the particularly the second level uh you know Bernard and Dodson are guys that really, really shored up what Buffalo was doing defensively uh after kind of that swoon in the middle of the season when Milano got hurt um Those guys look unavailable to me that is a problem I think uh Mahome's scrambling, Mahome's with the short passing attack, the screen game for the chiefs uh Pacheco running like all things look like they will uh you know be relatively successful here for the uh, chiefs to sustain drives. Uh, And uh, I think the Chiefs can take a lead into the second half and basically just uh, kind of put this game away in classic Andy Reid second half style. Um, So uh, Kansas City uh, plus the two and a half for me for pick number two.
3: This does feel like if you're on, I've heard a few people say this, I think Kelly was saying it this morning, if you're on Buffalo and you lose this to Mahomes. You hate yourself, right? Your immediate thought is, oh, I sure. can't, be- can't believe I bet against Patrick Mahomes. By the way, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this. This is the only podcast you'll ever hear this on. This is Patrick oh. Mahomes' first road playoff game. Have you guys heard that anywhere else? oh, sure, <laughs> sure if you guys know. that. Yeah. So, okay. Um, by the way, Drew, you said you had a side at all four. What were your other two, by the way?
6: real r- r- On the Pat Mahomes' road playoff game? Yeah. That's actually not true.
3: Oh, is that Right
5: well yeah. tampa in the super bowl if
6: you count he, he played at yeah he played at tampa oh in tampa where he lost yes a <laughs> little a uh, little home cooking for tampa that that's one. right but, yeah. um but no uh my uh we'll get to my other two in just a second i think right we're doing teasers is that true
3: uh yeah well, well,
6: teasers.
3: yeah let's do teasers what is your okay. uh, favorite two leg six point teaser yeah. sir
6: I'm gonna break the uh, I'm gonna break the uh, mold a little bit here because Uh-oh. there's no good there's no good teasers this week. So give me a pleaser, Gil. Give me a pleaser. I'm gonna I'm gonna give six points back with Green Bay and Houston, and uh, take me down to three and a half and three and a half there. Uh, I think both games are going to be extremely competitive. Uh, I think uh, you have. The more yeah, honestly, like, like I, I get your points for laying it with Baltimore. I don't take strong exception there, but I will note that uh, of the eight quarterbacks who are in this round of the playoffs, Lamar Jackson is the least accomplished, uh, which is kind of noteworthy. Um, he is one and three, of course, in the playoffs. The one win was at the hands of Mike Rabel, basically gifting him uh, that game Thank with some you. of his decision making in Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Jordan Love uh, an extra win for playing his way in, beating the Bears. I'm gonna give C.J. Stroud an extra win for playing his way in, beating the Colts. Um so there is only one quarterback with a single playoff win and it is Lamar Jackson. Uh I'm not saying that that ultimately matters. I mostly I just think that uh with the pass protection that you're getting right now for C.J. Stroud with Nico Collins playing at an all pro level as wide receiver like uh there's definitely going to be scope for um uh I think uh Houston to uh to find some success in this game offensively uh, and if Lamar Jackson has any whiff of choking choking here uh, we could have uh, have ourselves an interesting outcome um and uh we could see pat mahomes only road playoff game i mean i guess it could be his only road playoff game if he loses anyway but uh it would be absolutely uh shocking to no one for the chiefs to, hope to host the afc championship game for the uh sixth consecutive year um uh, all that said so. uh, yeah all that said i think i still think the ravens and the uh and the niners probably come through but i do expect both games to be uh, very competitive, considering that uh, I mean the, the Niners' defense. I think is just flat out overrated. Uh, I don't see them getting home with the pass rush against the uh, the the, you know, the the offensive line for the Packers right now. Packers can attack at multiple levels of the field with multiple weapons. Like it's it's kind of the perfect uh, offense to take in there and go score for score with the mighty Brock Purdy. Uh, and uh, you know, kind of last little little y nugget for you guys. Like feeling great about Brock Purdy in prime time uh, in, in the field of jeans, you know, a, a month, less than a month removed from the nightmare of, of Christmas. Um, it's, a, know, little, it's, it's
3: a little something in my head still lingering. Yeah.
6: Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. like, like, it, like, let's just say that there's like a weird tipped pass in the first quarter. It gets picked. Like we're all, we're all really sure that, uh, the purdy kind of bounces back from that. Well, I mean, uh, you know, I, am not saying that it will happen, but, uh, I am saying that, uh, if, and when the Niners lose this playoffs, uh, It's going to be a... uh... Uh, it's going to be a miserable time to be on Twitter <laughs> because uh, there's going to be a lot of grave uh, dancing and it's going to suck. Oh, it's going um, to uh, Yeah, yeah. I think I think the one seeds come through, but I think both those games are going to be super competitive. So uh, I'll please, I'll please, uh, please the uh, the Texans and the Packers to three and a half. All right, it's his teaser and it's his teaser. You, you can't do that. Unfortunately, well, according just, to the rules, <laughs>
3: just make it as a teaser too.
6: I'll It's, it's, it's,
4: it's, it's a nice pick, and when and we're happy to have it, but for the official record we're gonna to have to have a real teaser i'm sorry
6: yeah we'll, we'll just tease make, the two dogs just make on, those on two saturday. that's fine yeah just make them yeah. a teaser too
4: oh yeah, okay so he wants to be his please are okay, so showing
6: off
4: oh, let me just so say he's this going houston, so he's going houston plus 15 and a half and, uh, 15 and a half Niners for both the 15 dogs 15 on saturday half?
6: yeah oh. yeah that works um one houston packers yeah
4: the, the the turn
3: of the phrase, Ray, uh, Lamar Jackson, the least accomplished of the, uh, I was wondering where you're going with that, but I understand what you're saying with the playoff record. Um, I have, I'm in so deep with these bets that it's uncomfortable, right? So I have. <laughs>
6: Your I have, one seeds? What's that? You're just riding the one seeds?
2: Yeah.
3: So I have exactas. So it was a good day. It was a good weekend for my exactas, even though my two picks sucked. Um, because with the Browns and the Dolphins getting knocked out, I never bet the Niners to beat either of those two teams. But I have the Niners to beat the Bills at 25 to one. By the way, there was plenty of better numbers than that during the season when the Bills were at their uh, at their bottom. I have the Niners to beat the Ravens at 12 to one in the Super Bowl. I have the Niners to beat the Chiefs at 11 to one. I also have the Ravens to beat the Niners as a sort of cover up for that at five to one. So that angst that you share that you t- bring up about Brock Purdy is definitely still in my head and by the way i have creative niners and ravens things with igas fiatek winning the australian open which is its own ridiculous sweat every other day here during these two weeks so i am uh let's put it this way it could be a spectacular month it could also crash and burn for me but i i wanted I to feel be in like this position.
6: if you get through if you get through saturday and your two teams come through i think it's probably over
3: Oh, you, you're more worried about this week than you would be next.
6: For both teams, yeah.
3: Really? So a, a
6: Ravens Bills doesn't worry you more than a Ravens Texans injuries to the linebackers for the Bills. Okay, but how about a Ravens, uh, Ravens Chiefs? Might, Ravens might not Ravens might not punt in that game. Well, let's uh, let's, Ravens,
3: forget, let's forget about Bills. What about Chiefs?
6: I, honestly, the who, nobody nobody in that Chiefs receiving core, Travis Kelsey inclusive, scares that defense. I don't think. You know, I think you got you got the you got the advantage over Mahomes in that game uh, with your defense. I think
4: I'm not worried about. I think it. Bills is scarier. I'm not, I think Bills is scarier for you. I'm not
3: worried about any of it because I bet it. But I'm I'm surprised that you think that this week is more worrisome than next.
4: That's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right, Todd, you're two teamer. I'm going to take the Lions at Pickham. Um, for all the reasons you guys already stated, we don't have to go over that. At all I just you know I think the Bucks are fraudulent and then I'm going to go with Casey up to Eight and a half just because you know I haven't seen anything out of Buffalo that Makes me think that they're just going to blow People out um, You know that game feels like 23 17 to me or something like that so Let's go with Kansas City plus the Eight and a half and the Lions at pick them
5: Wilson Famous Todd I expect the Lions to beat the Bucks, And Getting through the three and the seven with Casey Buffalo sounds good. Should be a, a relatively close game. So Lions, Chiefs, to teamer
3: Lions, Chiefs is the is the one that I gravitate towards the most, but I do have the Lions and Ravens, so I suppose I'm supposed to take the Lions and the Ravens here. But I don't know, for teaser purposes through the key numbers, I'll say Lions, Chiefs also. Yeah. Um, all right. Drew, before the final two questions, what were your other two picks? So you have the Lions and you have the Chiefs. What were your other two?
6: Uh okay, let me pull oh I I, I took the nine and a half with both um he likes the dogs. Packers and Texans. That's right. Yeah, I, I like I like all the dogs this week except the, the Bucks. That's right. I think the Bucks the, the Bucks are the stinker among the dogs this week. And I think um I played that under in uh, Casey Buffalo with these guys as well. So we all agree on that total, so Best of, you know, congratulations on eighty points in Buffalo. I guess
3: <laughs> that's right. Congratulations. I would
6: shocked
4: if the Steiner's this Niners game go doesn't become a really high scoring game because, like you said, the Niners defense is a little overrated. I mean, we saw Arizona overrated. Cardinals moving the ball on, on
6: on the Niners. I don't see why sure. the Packers couldn't move the ball. And then I, the, yeah, the, honestly, the Niners- like they just need to watch the Ravens tape. Like Matt Lafleur can do exactly what uh, Todd Munkin was doing in terms of scheme and knife those guys. So that 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 you know, and, and actually, like the the sweat probably for anyone who has Niners futures is going to be if the Packers win the coin toss, right? You don't really want to go up against Matt LaFleur's scripted offense, I don't think. Uh, and you don't want the Packers to get ahead in that game, I don't think.
5: And he's been taking the ball first, too. That, that might be yeah. a, a key thing for betting in terms of, like, who to score, who's going to score first, first quarter, first half. He he took the ball last week. He took it against the Lions on Thanksgiving. I think there might have been who, another time where he's did? done it.
4: So the, Packers the Packers have been did? taking the ball. Oh, that's huge. That's a huge factor because that means it's almost for sure. You're going to start with the ball.
6: Their two biggest wins were the Lions on Thanksgiving and last week in Dallas. And both of those had a really, really, really similar kind of game state early, right? Like take the ball, have some success, you know, take some shots early, have some success uh, and then get it. You know, they got it. Both got it. They got a defensive score in both games, which is not repeatable, obviously. But that 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 really kind of, you know, got the young team rolling downhill.
3: What would be the most comical Super Bowl at this point?
6: Houston Tampa Bay, I guess.
3: Houston, yes. Houston Tampa Bay.
6: Yeah, that's probably less than 1% though. I got, I got both teams. Both of those teams, I have Tampa as the lowest likelihood to win right now. At, uh it's just 2.2% and I have Houston at uh, just over 3.
3: What do you have what's your percentage on Ravens Niners? 8.5. 8.5%.
6: 8.
3: That's it, huh? 8.5.
6: Okay. Yeah. They're still- oh, actually I just, I just multiplied their uh, super bowl winning probability. So that's actually, that's actually wrong. Hang on. It's uh, I got to add the, the AFC NFC props. It's uh
3: Exciting. It's very exciting. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, <laughs> I, I asked the audience, question. Thanks. I stepped in. My it. bad.
5: I will say, while he looks it up, I, there is one book that uh, offers NFC versus AFC who won the super bowl. There's one book that has the NFC even money. If you think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, and, and I still do, I agree their defense is overrated, they're going to be like a two-and-a-half-point favorite, I think, over the Ravens. That yep. was six-and-a-half on Christmas. I know the Ravens beat their brains, in, but you're not going to move it a touchdown. So I don't know. If you think the Raven, if you think the 49ers are going to the Super Bowl, t- taking even money on the NFC to win, I think, is a decent bet.
3: What book is that, um,
5: I'm at Yeah, I'm at 16.7. 16.7, that. that
3: makes more sense.
5: Uh, Fanat- Fanatics has it here in Connecticut, NFC even money.
3: Fanatics. Boy, when Nevada gets legalized sports betting, this is going to be quite the state. I'm telling you.
5: You guys don't have NFC, AFC, Super Bowl? Yeah, we what do. We but, well, going?
3: that we probably have, yeah. Okay. But not at even money, that's for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay, final two questions. Final two questions. Doesn't it really feel like after division round ends, like the season is over, like the yep. depression set in for you? It does for me. Um, okay, final two questions. Which of the big favorites, and there's only two here, is the most likely to lose outright drew if i come to you from the future and i say either the ravens or the niners lost outright what's your answer
6: yeah i'm gonna say the i i made the joke on when we were talking on tuesday that they both lose but i ultimately i'll say the ravens and it's because of the the um i don't think their defense i, I ultimately i just say the the i'm at 35 percent chance that the texans win this game Uh, and it's because I think the Ravens are probably at the top of their, you know, kind of market rating. We have not seen them play a bad game in a very long time. Uh, I think the defense, uh, you know, particularly with Humphrey, a little banged up Kyle Hamilton, obviously dealing with an injury and Nico Collins playing the way he is that, uh, you know, that, and, and the pass protection that, uh, the Texans are affording the CJ Stroud. I think the Texans are going to be able to score in that game, which, uh, kind of puts a little bit of extra pressure on what is already the most pressure filled start of the weekend in uh, Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Dad,
4: I mean, I hope it doesn't happen to, for your sake, Gilly, but I, I could see the Niners losing. I mean, this Packers team is hot as hell. And if they're really this good offensively as they've shown, I mean, Brock Purdy's sphincter might be getting a little bit tight there. And we've seen what happens when Mr. Purdy sometimes gets a, tightened sphincter situation he does tend to throw a couple interceptions and by the way the niners lost to the the vikings i mean they did lose some bad stinker games this year so it could happen i'm not saying it's going to and i hope for your sake it doesn't it's my answer too though like i I think that's the answer like the brock Purdy sphincter game
3: i think that's the angle on us i would say the niners too as much as i hate to say that i don't see it happening with the ravens like if the texans came in there and beat them I would be so shocked by
4: that. Although the only thing is, remember that Stroud went into Cincinnati when Cincinnati was flying high and all the oh, throws. They they're back. Defense, Burrow's oh, back. Would you, say, would you say, Willie? Since he stinks on defense, they've stunk all year. Okay, fair enough. But it's still, it was a hell of yeah. a win on the road against a team that like, everyone was like, oh, my God, the Bengals are back. The Bengals are back. And then Stroud just, like, knocked them down. Willie,
5: I have a hard time seeing the Texans, a dome team from Texas, go outdoors, 20 degree weather, rookie quarterback, Ravens rested hungry. They haven't had a lot of playoff success, so they're going to, you know, they're not going to overlook this by any stretch. I don't see the Ravens losing. So I'll go with San Francisco losing as the the more likely one, just because I don't love their defense. You know, like Drew said, if Green Bay gets the ball, gets a lead, anything can happen. So I, I don't think it'll happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, I will stay I will say San Francisco though.
3: All right, and then the final question is we uh, live in a bizarre world. You have to pick a side on three of these, but doesn't really apply in that same context to just four games. So I guess the same way of asking it is which of these sides do you like the
6: least? Drew. Tampa. Did I hear that right?
3: No, wait, so wait, you but I thought you liked Detroit the most.
6: I, mean, Wait, I mean, dude, what was the, oh, what was oh, what was which, the, oh, which of these want, games? the, games the no games, do I want the nice? Oh,
3: yeah, which game? Uh, which game would you want the no no part of? If you had
6: to choose, guess it's uh the okay. So I, I'm i the widest range of outcomes I see is uh, um Packers Niners, so that one. Okay, most Dodd. uncertainty that game. Dodd. I would say the same thing just because.
4: Like you said, it, it all just comes down to, is the moment too big for Brock Purdy? Does he get, does he have a couple of mistakes and then it's like troublesome? And we really haven't seen the 49ers from behind, have we? We've seen them as a front runner, but I don't remember them coming back too much in games. I, I do remember that Bengals game they got behind, they couldn't come back. So, you know, that, that would be, I'm not just, I, I don't want that game.
3: By the way, didn't Brock Purdy play well in his one playoff appearance where he didn't get hurt last year? Am I not remembering that correctly? No, he was shaky versus Dallas. He was okay. He right.
6: yeah, was. He made some mistakes in the first half against the Seahawks, but was superlative in the second half. Uh, he got he got away with probably about five turnover-worthy plays that were not converted to turnovers in his first two starts before he hit the elbow injury.
4: It's really did, call those itches. This is this interceptions is interceptions happened. Yeah, that's
3: right. Itches. Interceptions that should have happened. It's a pro football focus that. Yeah.
5: Willie. 49ers Packers as much as I don't like the 49ers defense and I don't want to lay the points. I do see a scenario where San Francisco scores basically every time they touch the ball and they just torch this Packers defense so I could see them winning this game, you know, 38 to 21 or something. So uh, I, I don't want to lay it with San Francisco, but I'm afraid to take it, too.
3: I'm going to be a little different here. I think it's the Chiefs and the Bills. Not a bad one. I I, yeah. I have no idea. I really don't. Like, if you came to me on Monday and you're like, hey, Chiefs won by 13. And if you came to me and you're like, hey, the Bills won by 13. I don't think I'd be surprised by either because I'd be like, oh, the Chiefs' warts came up. Or in the case of the Bills, yep. oh, yeah, they're not that really that good at football. Then, doesn't that mean you think it should be a coin flip wait. taylor swift's no longer dating her <laughs> wait go ahead drew what'd you say
6: doesn't that mean you think it should be a coin flip
3: well that's what i mean so that's the game i want no part of
6: okay right one You're of those you teams you can get them the at point. you can get them at plus money <laughs> Yeah. one of those teams you can get them at plus money and it's right. like, it's coin flip ah. yeah,
3: no, i don't know because to me <laughs> to me i can definitely see the ravens and the niners both crushing and I can see the lines. Like I think it could be a chalk fest weekend up until that last one. I really do. If
5: you, if you can't beat the Chiefs this year, I know you're beat up on defense, and the Chiefs do have a major rest advantage. Man, uh, like uh, it, it's the year of the the coaching firings and in these, you know, the, the coaching hot stove. Do you think about moving on from McDermott because you finally got him in your building? Chiefs don't have good weapons. Like I wonder if the Bills don't get past this game, do they move on from McDermott? Is that a desirable job? Yes, you got Allen. I guess. Um, what I mean, what more do you want? I, that's that's a lot of it. There's not that many good quarterbacks. He's one. No, wonderful.
3: no, for sure. I guess. But I mean, well,
4: do you have a? Do you also have a good
3: quarterback room cold. as well as having him in the building. <laughs> I was just saying, I, Drew, I, I, Drew. was thinking exactly what
4: I am. I'm like. I'm just yeah, but it's so
3: fucking freezing.
4: Oh yeah, it's cold. In in our yeah, sure. Building, and no, our room, and our that it's like uh, there's just something that just rubs me. The well, our offensive line room is the best in the country. Everyone knows that room is the best. Well, what if you on the field and you're discussing the game still a room.
3: room, still a room. Uh,
5: if you take the Buffalo job, you've got a good quarterback room and you can get heaters for that quarterback room. You won't be as cold. <laughs> and what about the full building? Yeah. You'd have to, you probably have to heat the whole building too and get pants and get coach pants too. If you don't want those. What about capri pants? Can you get
3: capri pants for the coaches? That's what I was thinking of. He's wearing capri pants, capri pants. That's what it is. All right. Uh, last question then uh, we don't usually ask, but I'll ask it now. Um, you must decide now who is in the Super Bowl, who beats who in the Super Bowl. Drew.
6: Chiefs over Lions.
3: Chiefs over wow. Lions. Oh, my God. Rematch of opening night. Chiefs over Lions. That's right. I mean, bookends on the NFL
4: season. Todd. I don't know. Uh, Packers. Packers and Ravens. Packers wow. and Ravens. Wow, you genuinely think that? Really? Wow. No, uh, but I mean, I'm just not going to say the obvious. But, oh, I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if the Packers, you know, pulled. You know, maybe the Packers really are this good. Didn't they lose to the Giants like a month ago? And Tommy, yeah. Codillo, like, that's still I, that. I'm not loving them. I'm just. It was saying. windy that day. And Jordan Love's made great strides. You remember, I hated Jordan Love this year. really I don't want to mention. Uh, I'm going to go chalk. I will go
5: 49ers, get their Christmas revenge and beat the Ravens. It's not going to give us our Brock Purdy MVP futures back. No, uh, I'll go with, I'll go with chalky. I'll go Ravens. I'll go
3: with 49ers over the Ravens. That's mine. 49ers over Ravens. Chalk McChalkerson. By the way, where do I go to cash? My uh, Puka Naku offensive rookie of the year and my Brock Purdy MVP tickets and my, uh, (laughs) my Matt LaFleur coach of the year. Where do I get those?
4: Couldn't you hedge some of your, your stuff now with the no on the circa has a thing. Either the Ravens or the Niners will win the Super Bowl, and it's like plus money now for the no. Really? Did you see that? Yeah, it's big. It's a big price. Yeah.
3: Is
6: it now big price? Yeah. I think it's like minus not not a, not a big price, but it's a it's a price. Yeah. Plus one forty, um, maybe. But it here... sounds like it, it sounds like Gil, you need to get into the uh, the each way markets for awards betting. If you're getting all of these uh, second place finishes, uh, brutal, um, brutal. second. The, what is that? Uh, what is the each way? It's, uh, you know, if you get a top two finish, you get a lesser stake, but you still get you still well, get I've something. <laughs> it's British.
3: It's British it's for not, top yeah, two. Yeah, yeah.
6: It's, they don't offer it in, <laughs> in awards markets. Uh, but, yeah, the no is plus 142 right now, or at least it was yesterday. I remember when I first started talking to Dan Weston,
3: he'd be like, oh, the each way, you should do it each way. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. He was always, he, he always had, like, little quirks, too. One of them was, uh, you know, pick your player. Anjabur is friendless in the market. Which means like <laughs> nobody's betting on her, <laughs> you no know, friendless yeah. in the market. Well, really, the each way really bet is is the...
6: massive if like you're yeah, good. No, go ahead, Drew. I say the each way bet in tennis is like you're betting the French Open with an in- informed Nadal. You just pick somebody on the other half of the draw, yeah. and then if they get to the final, you get something. And if something happens, Nadal he withdraws, he gets hurt, he loses, which he never does. Then, uh, then you're really riding.
4: Yeah. Um, I had the each way with you, Gilly, at the Bacchanal Buffet. If remember correctly <laughs> I we had the we cashed way. it we cashed
3: that <laughs> i think it was an every way bet we had everything in sight uh all right <laughs> gentlemen true. all right gentlemen i think uh we've done all we can do here um good luck with all the bets i know drew uh, by the way drew do you have any tennis plays today how's your tennis going
6: uh i, I haven't looked at the card i uh, haven't even, i haven't either i gotta yeah, go do Andri- it now andreva andreva was big for me that made my week yesterday over jabor Um, that was comprehensive uh, wasn't it wow yeah the rest of my card yesterday was pretty lousy the uh, um and i'm a i'm one of the last three in women's survivor women's tennis survivor only lasted till like day three (laughs) like it was so hard this year like fernandez knocked half the pool out uh zachary knocked half the pool out like yeah, uh, Women's Aussie Open is kind of right now down to like three players, which is amazing.
3: Want to hear me blame something on Drew that has nothing to do with him, but it's completely on me, but I'm going to irrationally blame him. I can't believe you didn't remind me that Survivor was going on. <laughs> that's my bad. Yeah, no, it's not your bad. The, the whole DM is there. I just have to go into it and like, oh, yeah, Survivor. Uh, but, but, oh, so only three people left? Really?
6: On the women's side, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. It's, been, it's been absolute chaos. The women's was impossible this year. It was so hard. Wow. Oh, okay um gentlemen
3: thank you drew dinsick everybody whale underscore capper is where you can find him on twitter it's the deep dive podcast it is the uh the bet the edge podcast and remind everybody drew you've been doing this forever and i think it's great you do half times of games
6: yeah and actually i don't know if twitter still does it but really just you just open the twitter app and i believe we're broadcasting live chopping it up and uh making a halftime pick for all of the primetime ones, so we'll be on Saturday, Sunday night, and Saturday. usually we're in we're in a little rare form because you know, as one is wont to do on weekends in the cold months of the year, is uh, you know get a little libations in you for yeah. uh, for for the evening.
3: I hear it Kelly, as Kelly says it; it's a different kind of Drew much <laughs> much
5: more. I listen to them. sometimes; they're great. I will say, people get on Todd for interrupting. Andy Molitor is a minus one eighty favorite over Todd in terms of interruptions.
6: Really? So, wow. Yes, it can be bad. <laughs> We do it to each other. Though. I'm guilty as well. Wow. I'm not sure what you're trying to
4: say about me, Willie, because I don't really appreciate that kind of talk. <laughs> <laughs> I, think,
5: I think the college basketball losing yesterday has d- d- decreased the, the number of interruptions today, too. I think he's just
3: a lesson. He doesn't sing. He doesn't do a yeah. yinzer. He does didn't nothing. Sing. Yeah. I'm just I'm so mad
4: I just can't I can't handle any more ridiculous end games, you know. Last week Boston College down 8 with a minute left, they don't foul, but then when I have the under, some other bullshit team fouls down 9 with like 12 seconds left. It's like, give me a break, guys. Figure it out. What are we doing here? Either we're going to foul or we're not fouling. There's got to be some kind of standardization. And then <laughs> when you're up 6, you can't be dunking the ball. <laughs> There's
3: got to be some kind of standardization. It's the old quid pro quo at the end of an NBA game when the winning the leading team just like runs out their 24 second clock and the and the team that got that was like, well, we have six seconds left on the clock, should we shoot it or not? Some standardization, please, for God's sake.
4: Well, I mean Dayton Dayton's they're winning by six under ten seconds left. They throw it out to a guy so that no one can get fouled. And then typically that's it, right? You just dribble it out. No, he throws it to another guy who dunks. So now it's a push five seconds left now, the other team comes down and banks in a three-pointer, turns it a win into a push into a loss. Thank
3: yes, you. I, I said we were leaving, but I just have this prediction. I think one of these remaining seven games, and I pray it's not the Super Bowl, but I think one of these seven games is going to be decided on a horrific call by the refs, which is... Oh,
4: that's, yeah, that's minus that's 5,000. 5, yeah. I'll,
3: <laughs> I'll tell you what drove that home for me, though. That... That uncatchable pass in the Buffalo game on sure. Miles, and they called the P.I. On, on Miles Jack, and then they realized it was uncatchable. They're like, oh, the ball landed in the third row. And they're like, oh. <laughs> they got they got together, and I could you could almost see them going, okay, what do we do here so that we have the least amount of guff? Oh, it's a hold. It's, they went with the holding. They went so with the so holding. no one was upset. Like, okay, for a hold, fine.
6: Right.
4: I, I have a feeling we're just going to have an awful... Maybe
3: well, you're no, wrong. first off. Yeah,
6: yeah,
4: have his head torn off and not get a yeah. call. I thought in the NFL, if you like breathe on the quarterback, it's a penalty. The guy literally had his head decapitated off. I saw his head rolling on the ground. Yeah. He had to pick it back up and put it back on. And oh, by the way, it's no, no, that was oh, totally legal. Yeah, you're allowed to take a forearm and smash a guy's head off. Give me
3: a break! Yeah, crazy,
6: crazy stuff happens in the first home playoff game in Detroit in 90 years.
3: <laughs> Go figure. It, there was a lot of home. Go cooking. figure. The
6: road team got an unfriendly wind- a whistle. Who, who would have guessed? Uh, but yeah, hold, hold, hold your, hold your breath for Sunday afternoon's game or the night game, I guess, for the people on the East Coast. Uh, Sean Hockley, oh,
2: <laughs> call oh, for no. uh,
6: Chiefs Bills. Oh boy. Yikes. Oh
5: boy. Good point. Oh. And it hasn't come up yet, but there are these new overtime rules where I think it's better to play defense first it would be a little bit uh ironic if 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 it comes into account with bills chiefs is because that was the reason they changed the rule what are the i'm sure drew knows the rules i think it's what you get a
6: chance oh to you match get you, your, your you offense gets two. a yeah your your offense gets a second gets a chance to match if the other team scores a touchdown so a touchdown doesn't end it oh, really? like it does in the regular
3: season and then it's sudden death right oh i'm so glad that? i'm so glad we brought this up I forgot that the overtime rules in the playoffs are yeah, so were like different. the the, yeah.
6: the you know the game where the Chiefs rece- received the overtime kickoff, drove the field, scored a touchdown, six points, game over. That's no longer the you know that that now is not the end of the game. The other offense gets at least one drive. In the uh, post season. Yeah. So if you
5: go second, yeah. and and the other team gets a touchdown, you should probably go for two, right? Because otherwise you're kicking the extra point and then it's sudden death. You'd rather just go for two. I mean it depends team to team, but right? Wouldn't you rather just go for the two? Then play defense it, it's almost
6: it, it's it depends uh, it depends how effective your team is at converting from the two yard line right, but right. uh you do hurt yourself win probability wise if you kick the extra point and then give the ball to the other team with the opportunity to. by the way
4: that's huge for the total too you Plus could you have could theoretically the extra 20 point. points it's
3: huge for the total keep that in mind in game totaling because who knows if the algorithm knows that at that moment maybe it does maybe it doesn't Standard and the eagles would have been the perfect team to to, to have applied this to right like yeah. tush pushing their way in
6: from the yeah two. you can have 17 you can have 17 points now 20. i guess actually you could have no you can No, you can have 20. you can have 20. you have 20
3: overtime points
6: jeez man, so man. okay i guess we know how the chiefs bills game gets to 80. <laughs>
3: There you go. There it is. That's how it gets to 80, boys. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Well,
5: let's end on that. And the plus one and a half and two and a half are more valuable in a game like Chiefs-Bills if you think it's good to go to overtime, which obviously it's unlikely. But you could, if the teams are smart enough to go for the two, it's more likely it lands on on the one or whatever.
3: Also a good point. That's right. How many announcers do you think know this heading into their
4: games? Zero. Zero.
3: I didn't know that, Jim. You should have told me earlier, Jim. Jim. What do you mean? Jim, what do you mean the score doesn't win it here?
6: CBS has a Super Bowl this year, guys. You used to Roma.
3: Oh, he's you got used to Roma. Yeah, he's on the
6: Super Bowl. They got the Super Bowl this year,
3: yeah. Uh, We're doing Kelly and I are doing Radio Row. Are you doing Radio Row this year, Drew?
6: I'll be in town.
3: Okay. All right, maybe we'll get you on the come say hey. Yeah, let's get you on the set Thursday and Friday. Shots will be on. I'm trying to get Usher on. I really, I'm genuinely trying to get Usher on the show. I want to get some uh, some intel on his halftime show. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll give it up to me. All right, boys. Thank you. Drew Dinsick, uh, Will Hill, Todd Wishnev. Enjoy the games. Good luck with all your bets. Thanks for listening.
1: Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 infinity QX 80 live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York city. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it.
0: 2025
1: QX80 coming this summer.
0: Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game.